Hello and thank you for checking out the Hopewell Valley Student Podcasting Network, a proud partner of the Hopewell Valley Student Publications Network, where students come together to publish student-driven content to share with the world. This network empowers students to become content creators for all different types of digital mediums. For more student-ran podcasts, blogs, artwork, and content, please check out the Hopewell Valley Student Publications Network at www.hvspn.com. The opinions represented within the digital content are those of the content creators. Now please enjoy the following podcast episode. Welcome to my AP Biology Thoughts podcast. My name is Morgan and I'm your host for episode number 10, Types of Selection in Unit 7 Evolution. Today we will be discussing directional selection, disruptive selection, and stabilizing selection. Usually when the word selection comes to mind, we often think of natural selection. Charles Darwin, the Galapagos finches, everything like that. Your mind might even go to artificial selection, the traits that get you mates. However, The three that we are talking about today are directional, disruptive, and stabilizing. All three of these are subsets of natural selection and are a response to environmental changes. All three of these also cause a shift in the genetic variance of a population or the alleles in the gene pool. Alleles are what is responsible for genotypes and phenotypes in any organism. The first type of selection that we're going to be talking about is directional selection. This is what causes a shift in the gene pool. It favors one phenotype, so a population that used to have all white fur would normally would now have black fur. The second type is disruptive selection, which results in an increase in the variance of genetic material within a population. It takes the extreme phenotypes and disregards the middle ground, so basically favoring white and black but not really gray. Lastly, we have stabilizing selection, which is the opposite of disruptive selection and causes a decrease in the variation in the gene pool. So it gets rid of the extremes and favors the average. So a population wouldn't have really all light or all dark, but it would have mostly gray after stabilizing selection. I am going to be using examples and graphs used from the website bio.libretext.org. For directional selection, A great example of this is the peppered moths. It is a result of a drastic environmental change. So in our peppered moth population, we have a population of moths, obviously. Their wings are mostly light since they reside on mostly light-colored trees in the forest. However, after the Industrial Revolution, smoke and coal from factories turned most of the trees to be a lot darker. As we observed, after years, the entire moth population became darker too. A mutation caused one of the organisms to have dark colored wings and this trait was passed down through generations and eventually spread to the entire population since it gave this specific moth an advantage. It became more fit, was less likely to be eaten by predators, and therefore was an advantageous trait. The graph of directional selection shows a normal curve which shifts to the right on the spectrum of light to dark. Most of the moths were light and then the environmental change happened and now they're mostly dark. 
Our second type of selection is disruptive selection. We can model this using a population of mice on light sand, which has a lot of patches of dark grass. We have light colored mice, medium colored mice, and dark colored mice. Which, which color of mice is gonna stand out in this environment? Obviously the medium colored mice. They're not gonna blend in on the light, colored sand and they're not going to blend in on the dark colored grass. They're most likely to be eaten by predators and will not be as fit. Therefore, the population of medium colored mice is going to decrease drastically. The light colored mice and the dark colored mice populations are both going to grow since these are the advantageous traits. This the graph of disruptive selection is one normal curve which separates into two normal curves. This also drives speciation since the one population of mice splits into two distinct populations of light and dark colored mice. As evolution continues and traits continue to change and adapt, these two populations could separate entirely. Lastly, we have stabilizing selection, the opposite of disruptive selection. We're going to model this using the same population of mice, light, medium, and dark, but now we're going to transfer them to a forest, and the forest floor is a medium brown. So both the light and dark colored mice, the two extremes, are now going to be the ones who stand out and are eaten by predators. They will not be as fit. However, the medium colored mice are going to be the only ones who can blend in. This makes them more fit and the population of medium colored mice is going to grow. This graph of stabilizing selection goes from a wide normal curve to a much narrower, much narrower one. The medium population of medium colored mice is going to increase drastically since this trait is the most fit. Lastly, we can think of all of these three types of selection under the umbrella of natural selection. All of them contribute to changes in the populations and shifting of traits, which is evolution, the process of organisms changing, developing, and diversifying over time. We can all agree that all three of these types of selection contribute to changes and diversification of a population. Lastly, these three types of selection also relate to the central dogma of AP biology. Mutations in the gene sequences, random mutations, are what causes any changes in phenotypes, since a difference in a strand of DNA leads to a difference in the code sent to the RNA, and therefore a difference in the protein that the RNA makes. These differences in protein causes differences in the phenotypes of individuals in a population which can all be connected back to the types of selection and evolution as a whole. Thank you for listening to this episode of My AP Biology Thoughts. For more student-ran podcasts, make sure you visit www.hvspn.com. Thanks for listening.